0: Welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. Wanted to hop in and just run through some things. We did a 49ers mailbag at 49ers Web Zone this week, came out today, and so wanted to go through those questions and also wanted to look at the latest on the uh, roster moves uh, for the 49ers. So also John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan spoke today, uh, so I'm going to just kind of hit real quick on, on what they talked about. Hey, while you're, while you're sitting there watching, why don't you take a second and hit that like button? Uh, Make sure that you like uh, the show, make sure that you like uh, the, the, the channel subscribe, do all that stuff. If you're listening somewhere else, then uh, other than YouTube, then please uh, take a, a moment to, to rate review and follow the 49ers Camelot show. And also uh, I'd like you to to check out PSF, which is stands for Pro Sports Fans. It's a new app, and uh, we're doing some cool stuff in there. Some chat, some some live stuff during the games, like live streams and chats, things like that. So it's going to be a cool space for 49ers fans and for fans of all kinds of teams and and uh, pro sports. So go check that out. Uh, you can download it uh, on Apple, and I believe that it's going to be ready on Android any day now. So uh, so go check that out. So let's do a couple of house cleaning things as far as the 49ers roster before we get into the mailbag. So on Tuesday, the 49ers released their roster cuts and, uh, the, and, and broke everything down to the initial 53-man roster. Some of the notable cuts included Jack Coletto, Deshaun Jameson, Quantra's Knight, Ilm Manning, Tay Martin, Marcelino McCrary Ball, that one surprised me. Austin Bryant, Chris Conley, Troy Fumagalli, Kerry Hyder Jr., T.Y. McGill, Willie Sneed, and Leroy Watson. Now, here's the bad news on that, uh, is that uh, Carolina claimed Deshaun Jameson, So that stinks because I was hoping that he would make it back to the 49ers practice squad, but he was picked up. And so was Ilm Manning. Arizona claimed him and also claimed Keith Ishmael. Um, so those players will not be coming back to uh, to the 49ers. East Coast Red and Gold Podcast. What's up, guys? Um, great to see y'all. Uh, hey, I said this last time they they came in here, uh, snuck in here and, uh, and said, hi, uh, go check out the East Coast uh, Red and Gold podcast there. They do great work. And I'm actually going to be on live with Ty uh, Alston tomorrow at uh, two o'clock Pacific. So that's five o'clock Eastern. So uh, check that out. I, I'm going to see if I can stream it to, to my channel as well. So then that way um, you can see. On Ty's channel or here, uh, so getting back to the news, uh, but go check them out because they're they're a lot of fun. Uh, Darrell Luter Jr. was placed on PUP, uh, phys- physically unable to to perform, and so he's actually going to be out for the four first four games, so he's not going to be eligible to play. Um, so hopefully when he comes back, he can actually do some things. He hasn't been a part of practice because he's been injured. I mean, he was a part of the offseason program, but um, but not in training camp, wasn't involved in preseason games. So when he does come back after that five-game or four-game uh, layoff, I, I don't know how long it's going to take him to get uh, up to speed on everything. So we'll have to see. Uh, the 49ers also placed four other players on IR, including Cam Latu, Uh, So that kind of stinks. But next season, Law 2 will be ready to go. Um, Then the practice squad. Uh, So the 49ers released their practice squad players, the ones that they did get back. Uh, Let's see, they got uh, Alex Barrett, Jack Coletto, so that's good. He was a fan favorite. Chris Conley, I like seeing him come back. T.Y. McGill, Troy Fumagalli, Brian Hill, Corey Luciano, Leroy Watson, a lot of people liked him. Alfredo Gutierrez, Tay Martin, he's one that I liked. Um, Isaiah Winstead, Willie Sneed. Um, so it's good that Willie Sneed and Chris Conley made it back because I thought that one of those would make it, but uh, they both were cut yesterday. Marlon Davidson, Curtis Robinson, Trace Willing, and the most exciting one to me is Con- Quantrez Knight. So, uh, so Knight is going to be coming to the practice squad there. I guess there were a lot of teams that were trying to get uh, Quantra's night, but uh, he is back with the 49ers. So that is good news. So let's get into this um, 49ers mailbag. Of course, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch spoke today and they, they really didn't say anything that earth shattering. I mean, they said that there was uh, no new news on Uh, I'm trying to find some of the things that they, that they said, but no new news on uh, the, uh, uh, the, the Nick Bosa front. Um, They did both say we are not trading Nick Bosa so that uh, we can put that to rest. They also said that Robert bill jr. uh, Has a hamstring and he's going to go on IR. So that's disappointing. Um, Jake Moody is tracking well and, and they they hope that he's going to be ready for week one, but because they don't know, they're they're probably going to add a kicker to the practice squad. Um, Danny Gray is going to IR to begin the season, um, and so that actually opens up a spot for either Kerry Hyder Jr. or Austin Bryant to come back to the team. Um, so I don't know how long Danny Gray is going to be out. The fact that they said he's going to be on IR to begin the season makes it sound like he'll be back at some point. Um, but they really didn't have a whole lot to say other than those little nuggets um, about some players going to IR and um, and then about uh, uh, Jake Moody looking better uh, physically, uh, you know, as far as recovering from his injury. And then Nick Bosa, The they said that he's not going to be traded. Crazy Juice, what's up, said, I'm disappointed that ill manning Joey Fisher... And Deshaun Jameson got picked up by other teams. Yeah, me too. Um, not so much Joey Fisher, but definitely M Manning. Like, how did he get cut and Nick Zakel made the team? And who was the other, Matt Pryor? I think he made the team. And so it's like, I mean, I know they don't always play the same positions, but still, it, that, that was disappointing. And Deshaun Jameson, I, you know, I wonder if... Uh, Isaiah Oliver if they if his money wasn't guaranteed and if they didn't pay so much to get him if he would have been cut and Deshaun Jameson would have made the team but maybe not I don't know but yeah I was kind of disappointed by that too cuz I I hope to see him uh I hope to see all three of those guys make it but especially Jameson and Manning for sure All right let's jump into the 49ers web zone mailbag uh didn't have very many questions this week just a handful so let's get in. So, Justin asks, which rookie do you think will make the biggest impact aside from the kicker? So, I've said all along um, that I, and Matt Mayoka, I've heard him say this multiple times. So, I, I'm giving him credit for it um, that Jake Moody is going to have the biggest impact on the 49ers, good or bad, um, of, all, of all the rookies. So, he's either going to be really good hit some big kicks and impact the team as far as wins, or he's going to do the opposite, and miss some big kicks and, and, you know, impact the team as far as losses. But since Justin's asking for the biggest impact aside from kickers, I'm going to say, I, I narrowed it down to Jair Brown or Ronnie Bell. And so, I think that if Ray Ray McLeod was done for the season or if he was missing several games, I might go with Ronnie bell because then he'd be returning punts. Uh, Maybe he'd be returning kicks. Uh, He'd be another receiving threat out there. But I think that, that Kyle Shanahan seems to be expecting Ray Ray McLeod back for that first game. And if he does miss any time, he shouldn't miss much more than a game. So with that, I'm going to say that Ronnie Bell is not going to quite get the opportunities that I thought that he would. Um, certainly with Danny Gray going on IR to start the season, that's going to open up things for Bell. But I'm still going to go with Jair Brown. The kid's going to play a lot. He's a playmaker. And so Jair Brown is going to be my prediction for the rookie that makes the biggest impact. So there you go. Next question is from Niner Jim. Will the defense need some time to adjust to the new schemes in place? I think maybe a little bit, but I think that Steve Wilkes is not going to venture too far away from what has made the 49ers defense so good over the last handful of years. He'd, He'd be a moron to do so. And he's not. He's he's a smart defensive coach. He's a well-respected defensive coach. So I think that he's going to come in. He's going to lean on his defensive assistants and try to get a good idea of what's made this team, uh, this defense, so good. And I think that he's going to stick with those things. Um, is he going to blitz more? Probably so. But I don't think that that's going to be a huge adjustment for the players. Um, I think that Wilks may not have the experience in the wide nine, Uh, but again, I think that he's going to lean on some of his defensive assistants uh, for uh, things like that. The biggest concern for Steve Wilkes right now is the fact that he doesn't yet have number 97 lining up for his defense. Uh, Of course, I'm talking about Nick Bosa, who still hasn't signed his new contract, which leads me to the next question from Adam. What the heck is going on with Nick Bosa? And why is Lynch not having this deal done yesterday? Well, that is the question. Um, and, and so John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have been asked those questions, especially John Lynch. And and they, you know, Lynch said today that he didn't expect it to be this difficult. He thought that it would go smoother and that it would happen sooner. And so I don't think that that the 49ers know <clears throat> unless they're unless they're playing hardball beyond what they normally do and, and they just don't want to reveal that, uh, that's very possible. Um, and, and of course, Bosa, he's, he's keeping quiet. So that's, uh, that's not to be, uh, not, not any surprise. Crazy juice. Bosa will get signed. Yeah. He's, he's going to get signed. I'm not getting a little nervous, but I'm not worried about that. So, but yeah, I don't know why he's still not signed, but there is a ray of hope. Now I'm going to get to that in just a second. Earlier this week, I think it was maybe on Monday, Ian Rappaport was on the Pat McAfee show, and he said this about the 49ers and Nick Bosa. They're not there yet, and I don't get the sense they're close at all, so I don't get the sense anything is imminent, but at least it sounds like there's been some level of conversation, I guess, which is as there should be. It's like there's been at least some touching base. They're not there yet, and I'm... And I know this probably doesn't make anyone feel better, but there still is a lot of time. I mean, Bosa, I'm sure, keeps himself in unbelievable shape. I don't think he's going to need a lot of acclimation, period. So this didn't make me feel any better when Rappaport said that uh, Bosa and the 49ers are not even close. Uh, That obviously was not good news. Uh, But then there was somebody on Reddit um, yesterday, on Tuesday, who 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 kind of stirred things up because they said that the 49ers were about to trade Bosa to an AFC team. And this person claims to be the one who broke the news that Christian McCaffrey was headed to the 49ers. I have no idea who this person is, uh, but I'm skeptical to believe what they say for a couple of reasons. First, I, I don't know if this person has any kind of inside knowledge at all. And second... The 49ers would be dumb to trade Nick Bosa, especially who is their best player in a season where they're uh, one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Who would do that? I mean, it's not like when the 49ers traded Charles Haley years ago. I mean, that was that worked out poorly. But Haley was really divisive in the locker room, and he had become uh, a problem. Bosa's not that guy. Bosa's not uh, a problem. He's not a a problem in the locker room. He's not uh, threatening people. He's not peeing on people's cars or whatever it was Charles Haley did. He's not, he's not, uh, I mean, Charles Haley's, his, his relationship with George Seifert was really bad. I think Haley hated Steve Young for some reason, probably because he wasn't Joe Montana. Um he hated the fact that the 49ers had let Ronnie leave in the plan B free agency. And so Charles Haley was angry. I mean, we obviously, we know now that he was dealing with some bipolar disorder. Um, And so he's, he's talked about that uh, in recent years, but yeah, man, they were having a hard time. Nick Bosa is nothing like that. And, and I say that with all due respect to Charles Haley, but Bosa's not, not like that. So, And and again, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch both today said, no, we are not trading uh, Nick Bosa. So here's the ray of hope. Not only did they say that, but Wednesday morning, this morning, Jason Dumas, who I think is uh, maybe with 95.7 in the game, I think that's who he's with, um, he tweeted out, source, Nick Bosa will be with the team and available to play week one in Pittsburgh the two sides plan to get a deal done within the next few days, and so that uh, I hope that that's true because that uh, that is a glimmer of hope that uh, that maybe this deal with Bosa will be over very soon. So we need to get him in there. Um, so that is the latest on Nick Bosa. He's not going to be traded, and according to sources, he's going to be. Uh, agreeing to an agreement with the 49ers, agreeing to an agreement, agreeing on a new contract with the 49ers here in the next few days. So he should be ready to go um, in Pittsburgh week one. So let's move to the next question. Justin asks, uh, gosh, I feel like I left out some questions. Justin asked, with already concerning cornerback depth, do you think Lenore at Nickelback is in their best interest? You know, it's funny you should ask that because I'm not crazy about Diamador Lenore having to slide inside to nickel Uh, from what I hear. It's going to be he'll be uh, out on the outside um, with, uh, you know, the opposite side of Charverius ward. And then in those nickel situations, he'll move inside and it sounds like Ambry Thomas would then come, uh, come in and play on the outside. And so this is, There's two reasons why I'm not crazy about this. For starters, uh, De'Amedore Lenore is still a a, a young player who, who is developing. And so I think that somebody like that probably needs to stay in one spot so he can really develop. The other reason is that I just don't trust Ambry Thomas. And I don't have anything against him, obviously, but I just remember late in the 2021 season, of course, that was his rookie year. And so, uh, you know, it's hard to it's hard to take a rookie corner and critique him. But I didn't feel great. And then we all saw what happened last year when Ambry Thomas seemed to be in the doghouse. And I don't know if that was that he came in and, and his, his head was too big and he thought he already had it figured out or or if he wouldn't tackle or what it what it was. But Ambry Thomas was in the doghouse most of last season. He got passed by uh, Samuel Womack. He didn't play hardly at all. I don't. I don't know how much Ambry Thomas played, and uh, so not uh, not a good sophomore season for Ambry Thomas. But this year, to his credit, he's come in ready. He's playing better. He's looked good in the preseason. He looked good in training camp, and so I hope that it's a brand new Ambry Thomas. But I'm still a little. Um, concerned about it. I mean, just we look at last season where you had Charvarius Ward on one side and Emmanuel Mosley on the other, and they were really good. They paid all that money to bring in Charvarius Ward. And in my opinion, last year, Emmanuel Mosley was better than than Ward was. And then he had that injury and went down. And I was really concerned, but Lenore came in and played, uh, played really well. He made a lot of mistakes. Um, but but he did have some you know as the season went on he played much better and and in the postseason was was as good or better than Charvarius Ward uh, so that's uh, uh you know neither here nor there but um, i i don't i'm not in love with that uh, with the thought of Lenore going to the nickel corner 49ers ultimate report what's up thanks for jumping in here and they said sup everyone in the chat chat <laughs> So uh, great to have you here, man. Great to have uh, have all of y'all that are that are in and watching. My last question on here from uh, from the Forty uh, Nineers uh, Webzone Mailbag. Like I said, this week it wasn't wasn't a, a huge one. Obviously, next week I'm sure it's going to be much bigger. Um, usually, it is during the season when there's a lot going on. And it's funny because what uh here's what we've found out when the 49ers win our 49ers mailbag is is you know a decent size we get a, you know a lot of questions when the 49ers lose man it's really big and so we have to weed through a lot of questions because everybody's airing their grievances um when the 49ers lose so uh so this is from Niner Jim how much of a concern is depth and how it affects special teams Well, depth is definitely a bigger concern for the 49ers this season than it has been, I'd say, over the past four years. Um, This is still one of the most talented rosters in the league, especially with the starters, you know, that starting 22 or so. But the depth isn't what it used to be. My biggest areas of concern when it comes to depth are cornerback. uh, We just talked about that, you know, that beyond uh, uh, Charverius Ward and D'Amador Lenore. There's a lot of inexperience and some question marks. So I'm concerned about the depth at corner. If something happens to Lenore or Ward, you know what is that going to look like? Offensive line, it would be another area that I'm concerned about, especially tackle. What happens if Trent Williams goes down? What happens if Colton McKivitt struggles? Um, that could be catastrophic. So uh, worried about that. And then edge rusher, assuming Bosa's back for week one, there's still not much depth behind him that, that I would get excited about. Like who, we don't even know yet who's going to be starting on the opposite side. Is it going to be Drake Jackson? Is it going to be Cleland Farrell? Um, I still don't know that. And so that gives me a little bit of cause of, of concern, you know, makes me a little anxious over that because, you know, you just don't know. Um, But here's the thing that Niner Jim kind of hit on this and how a lack of depth relates to to the special teams. When you have a lot of depth and you have talent, a lot of talent beyond the starters, then those backups, um, which are, are quality guys that probably would be starting on most other teams, they're in there on on special teams and so they're playing really important snaps for the team and your special teams is going to be really good because whether it's in the return game or in the coverage units you have talented players playing in those spots but here's the thing when you lose a lot of that depth some of the quality of your special teams goes away cuz now these players that were that were so good as backups that could be starting somewhere else now they're actually starting somewhere else and so now your core special teamers are guys that aren't quite as good as maybe what you had the year before and so what that leads to it can can be bad special teams where maybe you have a punt return or a kick return. That's, that's, that's brought back for a touchdown and, and, and you give up a lot of big plays or, or you, you have returners that fumble the ball or, or you do something, you know, that, uh, that, that just isn't what the 49ers, because remember two years ago, their special teams is horrible and they really upgraded last year. And so this year they lost some of those guys. Now they still have George Odom, um, but like for for example they they lost Aziz Alshire so he went somewhere else and now his replacement is uh is who, who was a special a special team star last year is not going to be able to play on special teams so he's actually going to be um you know I, I want to like his name's just slipped my mind so let me Oren Burks. Oren Burks was a special teams Ace last year. And so what happened is when Aziz left, now Oren Burks is probably going to be the starter. So he's likely not going to be playing on special teams. Um, well, like maybe he's not technically a starter. He's that third linebacker. So maybe they'll still use him on special teams, but I I I think that maybe D winners, Jalen Graham, those kind of guys. And and hey, maybe they're gonna be like superstars on special teams, but that's just an example of when you lose a guy like Aziz and now your next guy up comes into the starting lineup, it, it hurts you a little bit where you just left off. Bryant, what's up, man? Great to have you here. Love your logo. That's pretty cool. Um, Brian, Bryant says, smash the like button, everybody. Yeah, please do that. Um, that, uh, that really helps us out. So that's all of the questions uh, from the 49ers mailbag that that I had this week. Uh, like I said, it wasn't a real big one. But uh, again, um, the 49ers lost some guys um, who who they cut. Uh, uh, Jamison, uh, Deshaun Jamison, uh, Ilm Manning, Keith Ishmael, both, um, both uh, all three of those guys ended up signing somewhere else. Carolina got Jamison, Arizona got Manning and Ishmael. Um, Daryl Luter Jr. put on PUP. four, put on IR actually four were put on on IR, but then uh, we started hearing more uh, like uh, uh, let's see who were some of the ones uh, we talked about earlier. So uh, Cameron Latu was on IR, uh, but I, I mentioned him yesterday, Robert bill jr. Um, Danny gray was put on IR. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to be out the season though. So yeah, that's um, so. There was some news today, and, and of course, Lynch and Shanahan uh, spoke and uh, said we're not we're not trading Nick Bosa, so we can we can rest easy. Bryant says, "Thank you for everything you did for 33." Yeah, man, my pleasure. I I want Roger Craig in the Hall of Fame so bad, and I think it's going to happen next year. And the reason that I think that I've said on here before. That uh, uh, for one thing, uh, for one reason, Matt Mayoko told me that he's that this year the vote was really close and Roger almost got in, and he said that um, that that he believes next year is Roger's year. and And Matt said that he's never said that. Now a lot can change. There are no guarantees, but that's a very positive thing. And then I also talked to someone that that I've worked closely with on the Roger Craig projects uh, from Eddie DeBartolo's office, who told me that she spoke with two Hall of Fame voters who were in the room um, the day that Roger Craig was not picked, and that uh, both of these Hall of Fame voters told her there was a lot of positive discussion for Roger Craig, more than any other... um, a hall of fame candidate and they said that that bodes really well and that they wouldn't be surprised if next year is it, we get really good news. So so those are those are really positive things. Of course Steve McMichael was one of the ones that they voted in and McMichael as you probably know is dying of ALS and um and, and so I I I had a couple of hall of fame voters that I interviewed for the uh, Roger Craig uh, podcast series that we did who told me, as Hall of Fame voters, it really means a lot to us to try to get these guys in because once they get to the senior part of the uh, the senior candidacy, candidacy, their chances go way down of, of ever getting enshrined. And so these guys spoke with a lot of passion that it really hurts them to have guys like Ken Stabler get get elected to, pro, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame after he's already passed away. And so I have to think, that, as Steve McMichael nears uh the end of his life, and he's probably not going to be around um a year later uh, this time next year when he when the uh, Hall of Fame inductees are enshrined, uh, which is sad that's unfortunate for him, but uh I so I have to think that that played uh, a part and, and I'm also told that uh, that the Uh, The Hall of Fame voter that made the plea for Steve McMichael did an amazing job. So we have other things planned for Roger Craig for next year. Uh, We've already started working on it. And um, we've actually um, received a commitment from Keena Turner, who works for the 49ers, that after the season is over, the 49ers are going to jump in and help. Uh, maybe with some analytics-type things that are going to show uh, the kind of impact that uh, that Roger Craig made on the team. So uh, so thanks, uh, Bryant, and, and hey, my pleasure to to do anything I can to help out. Roger Craig is a sweet guy, and he deserves to be in. So, hey, thanks so much for watching the 49ers Camelot Show uh, or listening wherever you get your podcasts. Please take a minute and subscribe. Um, like, like the, the show, what all those things that, uh, that you're always asked to do. <laughs> I know it gets redundant, but, uh, it, it really helps us. So, Hey, thanks everybody. Uh, t- tomorrow I'm going to be with Ty Alston of the, uh, he's on the, uh, East coast red and gold show. Uh, but he has his own, uh, his own, uh, channel. And so I'm going to be on with him tomorrow at, uh, two o'clock Pacific. And so if, uh, if I'm not streaming it from from this channel, then you can look up Ty Alston. I, I'll put it on on Twitter as well, so that way um, everybody'll uh, know that uh, uh, that it's uh, where it's at. So thanks, guys. Appreciate uh, appreciate the love and and appreciate your support. Everybody, have a good night.